Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Well, this episode is being recorded under duress because, my friends, we are currently in the midst of a snowpocalypse. Hashtags 2017. It is coming down. We're getting it in the feet. We're getting it up the ass. There is so much snow. React, Josh. I hate snow. I want React, it to go Cody. away. Love the Northeast, baby. Baby? Yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty... I, I just find it cool I, that, like... I, I can't wait to get out of here. Oh, my God. Entire state is just totally fucked up. Like, New York it's, State it's, is just completely done. They just, like, no. This, we're closed for today. Talk to you tomorrow. No, yeah, the great. whole town. My entire town is closed. Yeah. I'm in New York, and it's closed. like... I can't even imagine. There's really nothing to do. Yeah, like, I'm, I've, there's, across the street from me is a Staples, and the Staples is even closed. Like, what if I need Staples? No, there's, like, f- three people on the streets, one of whom is homeless, so, you know. What would you need Staples for? Paper? Emergency Staple. Don't, don't you already have Staples? Me right now? No, I don't just yeah. have Staples. Nobody has oh, Staples. Dude. I don't Staple stuff. <laughs> I just carry I staples. staples around. I have Staples in my backpack. Why? Why? In case I need to staple something. You are the weird one. Do you have a stapler? I have a stapler. It's a little mini stapler. You carry a stapler around with you? I do. Nerd. (laughs) Why? Just use one. There's like, if if you're in academia or anywhere near it, they just have staplers. Why do you need your own? Just go to the library. How's that pocket protector, Josh? What if I'm just like walking somewhere and like I have a stack of papers, but they like fall to the floor. So I'm like, oh, (laughs) I could put these together and staple them. (laughs) Find a nickel for every time that happened to me. <laughs> I would never have any money. I'd be poor. Like, <laughs> are, is stapling things that big a part of your life that you need? Like, just get it a folder, a, put it, it is, in your backpack. It is a, I, I like to be super safe and staple it and then put it in the folder. Let me ask you this. The last time you rode a bike, did you wear a helmet? The last time I rode a bike, I was maybe 11 years old. Did so, you answer the question? I don't remember. <laughs> so you didn't wear a helmet, but you're cautious enough to bring staples around with you everywhere. Nerd! Yeah, that... God, what the hell's the matter with you? I thought I, I was a nerd. I really... That's... Jesus, Josh. You hey, really raised hey. it. You lowered the bar. We need James Cameron in here to raise who, it again. Who here watched Alien vs. Predator last night? It's me. not me. We'll get to that in just a minute, because that movie's fucking awesome. It is. It's so <laughs> awesome. But before we do, speaking... Actually, speaking of strong first reactions... Speaking... <laughs> uh, <laughs> First reaction. God, that was a garbage transition. Just so you know, I don't care. I've I've already accepted it. Um, oh, this is off the rails. Uh, so Logan's come out, right? Actually, before we do that, we should probably check in with predictions because I was I was right. I win. Did I get ruined as uh, usual? It was no. It was weird because last last week we were like, oh yeah, you know, I won or you know Mason won or whatever, blah blah blah. But then like it just did a humongous switch, and now. I don't know about you guys, but I just started crying because I'm confused. But <laughs> as of right now, Logan is sitting at 92%, somehow falling 4% from the last time we talked. So Josh did get it right. We're all pretty close. And Oh, 88.4 million. So Josh had 75. I had 69. Nice. <laughs> and Cody had 80. So Josh and Cody split this one. Way to go, guys. All right. You nailed it, Cody. 
Did it. Got him. Oh, nice. We, I really went way under. Holy shit. But I think you did it for the meme, so it was funny. Yeah, that's true. I could have gone 70. I mean, that would have made a difference, but whatever. Uh, but we've been seeing a lot of like very strong reactions to this. Do you think it's fair to label something with that definitively in the first week it's released or like how do you, how do you, when you guys walk out of a movie that blows you away is your first instinct your last instinct or is there a longer process for how you interpret your feelings about something I think that people are acting way too extremes on both sides of it like some people come out and say that was just terrible without you know any it's like it's the worst thing ever when it's not or is it something it's like it's like Logan some people think it's like me, like I straight up said, I think it's it's might be my new favorite comic book movie. I'm not going to know that until a year from now when I have seen it five times and rewatched The Dark Knight. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's definitely it's never most of the time my first reaction isn't my mm-hmm. or if I have a super strong reaction the first time, a lot of times it doesn't stick. Sometimes it gets better, um, or sometimes I'll rethink things but yeah Cody what about you what do you think of the first reaction debacle I mean it happens you can't help how you feel the second a movie comes out it's not it shouldn't be your end all be all feelings on the movie but never know if you never see the movie again then that's all you got (laughs) no I I definitely agree I I do think things take a lot of time to marinate but on the other case i'm somebody who likes to trust my first instinct like for instance and i guess you guys can if you want to think up up an example of just something that you were high on and then kind of didn't like as much going forward or something like that Uh, but for me i i view a lot how a lot of people see logan is how i kind of came out of hell or high water from last year i was like that that movie is as good as it could have possibly been and i had a great time and i think it's an excellent just piece of filmmaking and I haven't really dropped off of that at all. But then, on the other hand, when I walked out of La La Land, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is, like, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And the more I've thought about it, I kind of like, okay, I think it's good, but is it, it may not be the masterpiece we make it out to be. Because um, I've I've kind of, in retrospect, I was like, you know what, La La Land is not as much an example of a fantastically made film as it is a change in diet, you know? It's like, the way I see it, it's like um, it's like you eat nothing but fish for a year, and then you have a steak, is kind of what La La Land is to me. It's just this really sudden, really quick, noticeable kind of change from what you're used to that I do, I do think that's kind of, that maybe is why it's being regarded so highly. Like I said, still excellent to very good to even great movie. But um, there is just kind of a, a shift. Is like, oh, what what is this? It's a musical. I haven't seen one of these in you know since Into the Woods or Les Mis, and those are adaptations, so they're kind of in a different sort of headspace. But I've learned to realize when my first reactions is probably going to be what my overall reaction to it is, and I usually can tell when I'm going to be like, okay, that was good, but maybe not as good as I thought it was, like Zootopia for instance. That's another one. It's like, okay, it's very good. Kind of dropped off a little bit. But Did you guys have any recent movies like that where you walked out feeling one way and kind of marinated or it degraded at all? Not that I can think of, but I don't, I tend not to, this is bad, I don't really think about movies after I watch them. Except for, I'm still trying to figure out Kong, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I always I feel like I should just kind of wait a week with some movies until I actually kind of get no, my no, head wrapped no, no, around I, I it. actually remember. I remember a, a, a something that happened. Yeah. Except it didn't drop off. I ended up liking it more. It was um, Hail Caesar when we talked about it. Hmm. Oh, God. I liking it more as we were talking about it. Yeah. I think there are cases, and you, know, you could even say this for Star Wars, that people so desperately want something to be. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a fan. It's a fan thing of like Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you mean Phantom I mean, Menace? That, masterpiece. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was how I was like with um Jurassic World. I mean, I I the first time I saw it, I was like, that, I mean, I was like this. I was basically kind of just like numb, not numb, but it's just kind of like whatever throughout the whole movie. Then the last twenty minutes happened, and then T Rex shows up, and I like it was amazing. Thought it, I thought I was like five years old again, and it was great. My interpretation of the entire movie was pretty much based on those last twenty minutes. Right. And then I and then I went and watched the movie again. I'm like, oh, so it's 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 okay. With movies like Star Wars, uh, Force Awakens, or even even uh, Logan, I think that's just yeah. I think the initial reaction is, oh, this is it's just sort of um getting confirmation for what you were hoping for, and I, yeah, you know, I still think Force Awakens is a kick-ass movie. I th- I think it it is just as good, if not better, than when I first saw it. And um, and I noticed that it's not your number one anymore. It was never my number one. You said it was your favorite of what? Of Star Wars. Oh, hold on. Let me. <clears throat> I don't remember. It might just because I I watched it so much I got sick of it because that that also happens. Because I re- I realized I was like I should not have seen that so many times. Uh, let's see. Going through letterboxcom slash Mason Merritt. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I did put Empire up. Huh? You know, I don't remember doing that. It must have been hashtag drunk and or high. But because hmm. Empire is the best one, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, even. It also slipped down on my top ten of uh, 2015 list just because Steve. I, I had to admit to myself that Steve Jobs is one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I wish I put that higher on my list. Yeah, Josh I love like, that movie. Yeah, Josh was like, "Oh man, Steve Jobs is one of the best movies of 2015. I should have put it higher." And I check, and it's like 11, still behind the visit. I, I could like, oh, fuck. No, I know it's above the visit now. Oh, okay, what's it behind? It's behind something I stupid. I don't remember. Like it follows or whatever. That movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, but oh does God. it have? Scully v. Jobs, Dawn of Justice. Ah, Come on. It follows us so good, though. Ah, that is the best scene in any movie of 2015. So good. I, oh, my God. <laughs> Except for maybe the lightsaber fight in Star Wars. But No, one of the things that... I've realized about Steve Jobs, because I went, I went back to watch The West Wing, is that Sorkin does recycle a lot of his own lines. It's kind of funny. Like, you know the scene early on when um, uh, Steve is, like, bitching out the tech crew for not having the the computer fixed yeah and the guys and the guy quips at him he's like you know uh or steve's like yeah the universe was was made in less time and the other guy's like well steve someday you'll have to tell us how you did it (laughs) i i was watching the west wing in like season four one time and that and somebody said that to uh the president i was like yo it's lit it's just a great line. I don't care if you repurpose it. I go where my mind takes me. If my mind, if my brain, when I'm just daydreaming or whatever, is like, hey, remember, remember that bad part about you know, uh, Star Wars, or that great part about Steve Jobs. It's like okay, but I don't actively like just sit down and say which one of these do I like more. It's just wherever wherever your heart and your mind takes you is, I think is where you need to go. But I do think we need to kind of. As a whole, everybody sort of needs to check themselves before they unfortunately wreck themselves because it does come off as a little, and I'm I'm guilty of this more than anybody, a little hyperbolic and just like okay, 
just give this some time. Maybe don't say that this is the best movie you've ever seen after seeing it, you know. Once. Yeah, after seeing it once six hours ago. Maybe just kind of, just mothball it. Say it's really good for now, and if you want to make an exclamation after you see it three or four times, then yeah, sure, go ahead. But things take time. You know, nobody falls on, like, love at first sight is not a real thing. It's lust at first sight. It, you only love something after you've gotten to know it for a while. Oh, that's deep. Except with cats, obviously. You always love cats. Yeah, always. Well, but you can't love them more the more you know them, so. That's true. That's my philosophy. You know, if you want to walk out of Logan and say it's the best comic book movie you've ever seen, that's totally fine. Like, you're completely entitled to think that way. It's just... It always helps to think to mull things over and kind of let them sit and not hype yourself up too much. Because even, you know, there's some people that, like, I'm sure out there that, you know, open up their letterbox or whatever. And it's like, if I don't give this a five stars and I feel like I'll be disappointed, so I'll just give it a five stars and just call it great. And just Gosh, I wish I cared that much. I would have done that with uh, Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's why I don't do ratings. I, I love ratings. I, just, I need them. I need them. Uh. They're chaotic. Uh, I have to have a visual representation of how I feel. Um, <laughs> my, otherwise, my, well, my, otherwise my... it just like it, it just gets into the ether of I can't keep it that shit straight. Like, what do I like more? Oh, what I give it? Okay. But Josh, oh, no. you gotta vote with your heart. Close us out. What is your thought on strong reactions to movies right out of the gate? Yeah, like I said, it's just you know, it. I mean, like I mean, it's like you said. Um, you know, you should think on it more. But I mean, if you feel a certain way about a certain movie when you walk out of it, awesome. Um, and if you still feel that way a week down the line or a month or a year or two years, uh, awesome. But like, it's I think it's just it's probably just beneficial to just think about it, go watch it again, keep thinking about it before you kind of say this is like your definitive reaction to it or it is definitively this or definitively that. And I, um, I kind of think that yeah. deep down people are afraid of being disappointed, you know? Yes. Like, I think I, I was I'm one not, of those I'm people. No, I was one of those people after X-Men Days of Future Past that I tried so hard to convince myself that that was a good movie. And I even, Which I one? went on the podcast and was like, you know what? I, I don't care for anything else, but that scene with Magneto in the forest is like a reason enough to, for it to be a good movie. And I've realized it's Apocalypse? Not. Yeah. Did I not okay. say that? Did I say you said it? Days of Future Past. Oh, well, did, I meant to say Days of Future Past is like, that is one of those movies where I just came out, I was like, that's that's a great movie, that's one of my favorites, and just, that's, it's held true, but Apocalypse, I walked out of it, and I tried to justify liking it, but I just, I couldn't, at the end of the day. So, I do feel like, to a sense, people are a little bit afraid of being disappointed, you know? Like, I'm sure if the snowman comes out and it sucks, I'll try to reason, be like, no, no, it was good, but if it sucks, it sucks, and I'll come to that eventually, but, just, it's... That's that's a that's a shitty part of it. It's like oh, something I was looking forward to wasn't that good. I think I think I was that way with uh, Blair Witch. Oh yeah, I, forget, I, I, I had to, I had to remember that movie. <laughs> I I try, <clears throat> I try to defend that movie like just because I, I I still hold on to the I think that the last like third of it is really great. But yeah, yeah. yeah I like that movie. I don't even. It's care. just it's just you know overall I didn't think I I kind of sided with it's good just because the last thirty minutes are great. Right. Even though everything leading up to it isn't, but then I think back on it, I'm like, yeah, everything leading up to it is just not very good. So, yeah, I, 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 I was able to enjoy it because I hadn't seen Blair Witch, and just from a purely theatrical perspective, it's like, yeah, it was just, this is a pretty enjoyable movie to watch, and that the ending is pretty banana nuts crazy. So, hmm. now I've, hmm. well, I'm I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to keep 
a level, more of a level head going. Well, let's say we move on, fellas. Uh, Josh, are you up for a little spirited debate? What are we sure. About? No, wait, no. What? I don't like this debate. <laughs> Why? You're the moderator. You don't have to do anything. I just remembered what it is. What, what, are, what are the movies? Inception and Interstellar. I love both of those movies. Exactly. One of, them, it's gonna be one of them is monumentally better than the other. Exactly. That's Thank not you, true, Josh. though. They're both amazing. You're making my argument for me. That's why it's going to be so difficult, Cody. That's why your uh, job is so important. Oh, my God. So why don't you get us started, Cody? What do you what What would you like us to talk about first? Okay. I. God damn it. <laughs> I want you to talk about different movies, first of all. But <laughs> let's start with some opening arguments. What do I think when I think of Inception? I think that it is a revolutionary, game-changing masterpiece that, aside from The Dark Knight, pretty much made Christopher Nolan a household name. Um, It also has who is arguably the greatest actor of all time as the lead, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, It's one of the most original science fiction ideas ever put on film. And it is perfectly directed with incredible action scenes, incredible cinematography, and one of the greatest musical scores of all time that everyone has mocked for the last seven years. And it's amazing. And it's Inception. There you go. I'm going to argue on behalf of what I think is Christopher Nolan's second best film. Interstellar is... A monster. This level of just thoroughness and kind of idealism, I want to say, has really been captured since Star Wars in 1977. Just when you look, because the thing the thing that gets me about this is that I love movies set in space. Outer space is just this got it's limitless it's a limitless canvas of possibility, and Interstellar it doesn't it's not about how you operate in space. It's about, much like Prometheus, I think, it's about our place in the universe and the the chapter in which uh, human, hum, humankind, humankind and the human existence lives in the sprawling context of history. And, yeah, Inception, I do, I, I'll say it, I enjoy the movie. I think it is very, very good. Um... Um, but Interstellar is just on a completely different level because it is not about, it's not about, actually these movies, they really go in an opposite direction because Inception, it burrows deeper into the human mind. It goes deeper and deeper, levels and levels inside of what makes us human. And Interstellar, on the other hand, goes in the complete opposite direction. It doesn't say what makes us human. It says what makes us a part of this universe. And I just think from a thematic perspective and from a visual perspective especially, I just think that is so much more dense and rich and just lusciously told and realized. Uh, so for my money, I think Interstellar is a much better film. Wow. I have my own system here. I'll let you know who wins at the end, but I want you guys to uh, go through these points in your argument. I don't care if you go one at a time or go through all six of them and then let the other guy go. Okay. I'll let you guys decide, both of you, to comment on the plot, the cinematography, the acting, the writing, the music, and the deeper meaning slash theme of the film. Okay. So let's – you want to start with plot, Josh, and just kind of work okay. our way ahead? All right. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So when you look at the plot for Inception, it's really, really simple. A man – who was framed 
for a crime he didn't commit and wants to get back home so he can see his children again. And I think that's something really compelling. And the reason it's interesting is because it's told in the vein of a sci-fi epic and it's told through dreams on dreams on dreams. It's told through this massive epic scale is about all of these different interesting ideas and concepts of dreams and the mind and how that can all work. It's fascinating. And to me, I think it's much better constructed than Interstellar, which is incredibly ambitious, but incredibly flawed with the way it ultimately tells its story. In that movie, it just keeps piling things on and on and on until eventually it just convolutes itself with its own story. Um, and Inception doesn't have that problem because it doesn't try to, it doesn't put too much on its shoulders. It gives it gives you just the right amount of the story it's telling and it tells it in a way that I don't think could ever be any more perfect if no one tried. It is a fair it's a universal story about a man wanting to get back to his kids but instead of that taking instead of that being literally like he just wants to cross the border and get into the United States and go see his kids he wants to he both he wants to do two things at once he wants to both see his kids again and help build a better world for them to live in. I mean, that's just... that. I think that's... At the end of the day, DiCaprio's character in Inception, he isn't trying to make the world a better place. He's just trying to enrich his own life. Whereas, and So you can really say that, and the way that he puts his crew in danger, it's a, fair, it's a pretty selfish act that he, that he does. He puts people's lives at risk directly just so he can fulfill his own wants and desires. Cooper, yeah, he does have a couple moments where he could have made... You know, he does maybe put the seeing his kids above the human race, but overall, he is doing the, both things at the same time, and his will to save not just his kids, but everybody, it shines through at the end. And I just think, as far as your comment towards the end about which movie goes in a different direction and convolutes things, if, if, excuse me, if anything, I think Inception does, because at the when you get to the end of the movie, they not only do they go down several different levels of dreams, which, you know, narratively, they it does... It does okay doing, but once they get to, um, what's it called? The, what's the bottom level called? I can't remember. Limbo. Limbo. Once they get to Limbo, the the rules of Limbo are completely just ditched because Ellen Page first she jumps to her death and th- they can get there and then Limbo's breaking down. It just that part of it does get convoluted, but they just they they make things go so fast that you don't even have a chance to consider what is going on. Whereas in Interstellar. It is. It's just a natural progression of the plot. They they shed characters. They move ahead. They redefine the goals through what I think is some of the most brilliant uh, cross cutting as far as story and just editing overall goes in a long time. You get to see what's going on on Earth and how that uh, deals with what's going on in space, millions and millions of light years away, and in a completely different circumstance that all come together as one. And I think to tie up both of those storylines so well while also giving something that is incredibly rich and and I think just as original as Inception is is a nearly impossible task that I, I find it amazing that Nolan was able to pull off. Alright, any rebuttal to that, Josh, or do you want to move on? I do have a rebuttal to that and to the point of it follows a formula, that's why it works. It sets its own rules, it sets a, con- it sets a way of constructing itself and it follows through. And instead of kind of meandering its way through, continuing to 
create elements and create different um, plot points and different uh, styles of telling the story. It just Interstellar didn't it, create anything. Everything yes, that happened in that movie. No, yes, it does. Yes, it does. That feel, movie convoluted itself. Like what? Like what? What did they create the entire, out of thin air that wasn't reinforced? The entire, the entire third act, the entire thing with the uh, what's it called? The Tesseract. Tesseract. The but entire thing. The that's that not is, because they talk about a lot in the movie about seeing things and visualizing doesn't, and them doesn't, in the fourth dimension. That's just a payoff. That's not a payoff. That is a payoff. It's just it's, it's the not same as payoff. it's the same as DiCaprio talking to everybody about what limbo is. They're creating their own thing out of thin air, but they're just they're doing no, it not, because they're being literal. Mind. They're being literal. In Inception, yes. Yeah, they're being literal they're about, in Interstellar they're about, too. They're, they're talking, talking about, about the, an act. They're talking about they're the talking fourth about dimension. It. It's the fourth dimension that nobody that nobody knows. Just like nobody. I mean, for I mean, I think we should hit onto this point. Interstellar's plot is at least based in some sort of reality so they do have a parameters to work in inception while very nicely realized is at the end of the day just a eh, let's try this whereas in interstellar they t- they went to painstaking lengths to make sure that every th- that as much as they could possibly put in this movie could have been possible so so yeah maybe the test rock might be a little out of bounds but they get they worked with real physicists they work with real scientists to say is this possible and they said Maybe it could be possible, and that's Maybe. where that's where it stra- extrapolates. Inception just makes things up out of thin air. So it's no, that's what in, that's what Interstellar does. It does not. What does it make up? I just told you what it made up. The test- everything with the tesseract. That's not making up. That's making everything. A with, everything. Everything guess. with the, No, it's not. That's making things up, and everything with the third act. It just when you look at Inception, that movie, it it perfectly plays out everything it sets from the very beginning. It continuously grat- it continuously goes to this one point. It ends in the limbo, and then it goes back up the chain, and it goes to the satisfying conclusion that you want. Whereas Interstellar just goes in these different directions and eventually goes in this one direction, and then they eventually end up back home. No, it goes. It follows goes the same direction. direction. They set out at the very beginning. Yeah. We got to go to these three planets, and that is exactly what they do. First, they go to the water planet, then they go to Doctor Mans, and then Cooper at the end. He makes the decision: Do we continue on to the journey, or does it stop here? So Anne Hathaway, she does. She gets to the end. She finishes the mission, and he sacrifices himself to make sure she does that. He drops himself into the black hole, not knowing what's going to happen when he gets there. So, and which ultimately wraps around, so he can both visit the Tesseract, see things in the fourth dimension that the humans of the future, who also placed the black hole earlier in the film, they he did what they wanted him to do, and he saw things the way he wanted them, uh, they wanted him to see it, and then he used that information, and he used the, his resources to get back home. And then from, when he got back home, he continued the journey, and he finished the journey, presumably, to Bran's planet. So that nothing in that movie goes to waste. There's no opening thread. They just these two movies. They they finish their plots. They just go about it in different ways. Inceptions, I like I said, I enjoy it. I think it's it's well done, but it is, it is it is formulaic, and that's totally fine. But if you if you give me a ticket to a movie that's formulaic and a movie that really uh, looks at the looks at the painting from a different perspective and tries something new, and succeeds at it then i'm gonna go with interstellar nine times out of ten. Nine and a half, nine, ten times out of ten how about ooh finale 
Okay, uh, I want you guys to comment. This is the last point in the plot okay. um, category that I want you guys to comment on is um, the world building mm. that these movies do. Which one is better at building up its own lore and mythology? Well, and- I, th- I think this is fairly obvious. This point goes into my direction because this actually builds worlds. They go They go to multiple worlds they go to three or eh, i guess you could say four kind of different worlds both from the earth at one point and then kind of through the plot showing what earth could become and just and just different planets different planetoids that they've sent these uh explorers out to go find so as far as world building i think the only answer is that it's it's interstellar and even if if you want to talk about the how it fleshes out the earth i mean we're running out of food. Human humankind is about to be extinct. I mean, that's that's building a world. They in in this world, the uh, it's it's taught in science books that the moon landing was faked, and there's drones, and the Chinese government is not what it once was, and the United States government is also not what it once was. It's a very it's off it's familiar while being off kilter, and I think that's and it really p- paints a picture of what of what the world could and maybe will look like 100, 200 years in the future. Josh? So obviously the answer is Inception, not Interstellar. Um, because when you look at Interstellar, it literally, piece by piece, fleshes out this entirely new side of the world right out of Christopher Nolan's imagination where we enter a, we enter dreams. We enter our own dreams, and we enter dreams within dreams within dreams. And we do so... In a, as a way to, you know, s- solve crimes. I mean, we do these things so that, or not solve crimes, um, to steal shit. Like, exactly. And it's it's just something that's never been done before, and it's something that's so monumental, and it takes you in these different, and it takes you in a different direction every single time. And it fleshes out this. Um... Yeah, but, but but you see, that's not world building. World building is crafting a new kind of ideology and a new theory of what the of what the world could look like. I mean, you kind of you said it. You said it yourself. I mean, the the crew behind Inception they just steal shit. They do it a different way, yeah. But they ju- their their main goal is to steal stuff. I don't. I don't think that is as much of world building as literally going to different planets and creating a different future for the world. Basically, interesting. Very interesting. I'll take that in con- into consideration. Let's move on, boys. Because this is gonna take like fucking hour if we don't keep going. Yeah, you should probably cut us off at some point. Cinematography. Mm. Who's better? Josh, why don't you go ahead? No, you can start with this one. Okay. Well. I think the proof is in the pudding. Hoyt Van Hoytema is by far a better cinematographer than Wally Pfister is. Wally Pfister, I think he did, he does a very good job with recreating um, what he already has and what and what's already been done. I mean, let's look looking at well, even Inception, for instance. They lo- they are shot and framed a lot like heist movies. They look exactly how you would expect a heist movie to look and 
or an action movie or just like crime thriller or something like that. So I think, yeah, he does a very good job being a chameleon and saying this is what we need from this movie. And you know, from what I've from what we've seen and whether it be Heat or just or anything else, he does a very good job of recreating a look and adapting it for the story that they need to tell. Hoyt Van Hoytem, on the other hand, this guy is out of he, he's really out of he's out of his mind. The guy is just immensely talented, and the way that he shoots uh, the ship going through the wormhole and just lingering out in space, or just I mean, we've we've all seen it when the when the ship is is moving through space and you see the the the, the sun comes across another planet and it bathes the astronauts and. In moonlight, it just it'll it really will take your breath away. And the the way the tesseract is realized, and how the movie starts with very um, Smallville kind of Superman like uh, origins of a of a farm, and the the way he captures the dust storm and the kind of the new world that they have to live in, it's just it'll you, it's a movie that, that you could put on mute and just uh, ogle at because the shots are so well realized and so well done. And you just get the feeling for what this, for how big this story is and how big this universe is. I'm going to tell you, you just lost points for saying the word moonlight in front of me. <laughs> I didn't say moonlight. Uh, you did well, say I, moonlight. I, okay, but there was a space between. There are two separate words. You said moonlight. That That's all that matters. Oh, no. Boo. So, okay, Josh, make your point, and then I want you both to um, tell me your favorite shot from the movie. Okay. So, Interstellar. Don't get me wrong. Interstellar looks great. When I talked about the movie, I mentioned how the cinematography was one of the things I loved about it. But it's not Inception. Inception, yeah, it's shot like a heist movie. That doesn't make it worse than something, than a bunch of landscape shots that look really pretty or a bunch of world earth shots that look really pretty or planet shots that look really pretty the way that wally fister shoots not just this movie but everything that he worked with with nolan is it's just it's so fitting and so perfect for what nolan is capturing on screen and he captures it beautifully and he captures it perfectly um everything from the opening shot when he washes up on the beach and you just it's a close-up of uh, leo's face and it's just it captures everything you you get so much just of what is happening in the scene from one shot one shot the very beginning of the movie you can tell a little bit just about what's going on with this story and you can tell and nolan uses his cinematographer in a way that he tells his story visually um not in a way like Zack snyder who does it wrong but in a way that you don't need super exp- expository dialogue to tell you everything that's going on in a scene wait what you don't need super expository dialogue to, to get into illustrate a scene in inception have you seen it yeah, have you seen Interstellar? The dialogue is it... half. The dialogue is so like. We're... Well, hold on. Let's not talk about the dialogue yet. Okay, okay. That's okay. part of the. That's part of the yeah. challenge. All right. Because yeah. both of these movies are super guilty of that. Don't even pretend. One more, much more than the other. No, in, in, in Interstellar is the one that's much more guilty. No way. Um. Yes, it is. Um. That entire second half is expository dialogue. Um. But when you look at <laughs> Judge, Inception, please intervene. Um, we'll get there. Okay. Inception is so much of it. While, again, there is a lot of expository dialogue, but the scenes that really, like, there are so many moments that are just told through the way he shoots the film. Like and what? What moments? Every, the entire opening scene. There's still dialogue. Yeah, there's. I'm not saying it's just a silent scene, but it's minimal. Um, the way it looks to me, I think it's much more interesting. I think 
that the way it's a much faster paced in the way he shoots it and that's just that correlates with Nolan's direction. It creates a much more interesting and diverse atmosphere with the aesthetic of everything that you're seeing on screen. Well, to answer your second point, Cody, uh, no doubt the best shot of Interstellar is the ship entering the wormhole where you see space-time bend completely and this the way that they captured moving through a wormhole happening is just it's it's incredible it is one of the most amazing things i've ever seen on a movie screen i would have said um after they get out of the wormhole and you get to see the uh black hole for the first time yeah i still i think the wormhole just the the way that they play with the colors and how it just it the way it's realized to put it's Really, what what Interstellar does is it gives definition and it gives a visual identity to something that we've never seen before, and we can only theorize at. And this is, and they got as close as they could, and they made this extremely sophisticated and intelligent science accessible for dummies like me. And I just think that's <laughs> immensely important, not just important, but just cool. It's so cool. Okay, so my favorite shot, I think the best shot of the entire film is without question the buildings collapsing in on themselves everything about that is art that is beautiful to look at and it's an iconic shot that's a shot that people immediately look at and go i know what that's from dr strange i know it's amazing no dr strange 2016 (laughs) well but inception's been recreated already nobody's gonna dare touch Trying to use, trying to show a wormhole sequence like Interstellar did. That's they're they're not up to the task. But yeah, through ve- through have, you, have you not have you not seen the trailer for Geostorm? I have not. Fuck that. That movie's <laughs> gonna be hard. All right, no, yeah. Next point. <clears throat> Give me just a second. Oh, who does this go to? Oh boy, acting. Oh, oh this one's easy. Go ahead, boys. You go first. You know what? I love Leo. He is one of he, he's my second favorite actor of all time. Here we go. But we get a Leo that's on autopilot here. DiCaprio has shown time and time and time and time again he just by his career choices he doesn't give a shit about action movies. He doesn't want to be a superhero. He doesn't want to be in a movie where he's going to be going all crazy shooting guns and stuff. And love the performance, but for the most part he looks kind of bored. And this is not. This is not at his peak, Leo. This is, I'm just going to get this paycheck because he got paid like $90 million to do this movie. I'm going to be just good enough for it to be a summer movie. He is on autopilot. He's got, I don't, he's got a couple of good scenes, but it's just mostly him shouting, which, you know, that's not, that's okay. There's really nobody in this movie that is really great. They all do their jobs just as well, as good as they possibly could. I mean, they're... Joseph Gordon-Levy, he's the stick in the mud. He's like the boring guy. Ellen Page is the wide-eyed. Oh, my God. Michael Caine's Michael Caine. Tom Hardy is like the wisecracking, kind of sarcastic dude. Like, they fit they fit their roles extremely well. They fit their roles so very nicely. But it's nothing spectacular. It's nothing exceptional. Nothing that... I don't watch that movie for the performances. Interstellar, on the other hand, you've got Matthew McConaughey coming off of his... One of the best two years for an actor you could you could have between True Detective and winning an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club and Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, the, the list goes on. He was on fire, and this is like it's like watching Michael Jordan play right in the middle of his five straight NBA titles. It's just it's a, it is a spectacle spectacle to behold, and 
the guy made me cry. So the act, I, the scene when he goes and he watches uh, the the videos that his daughter sent him when he when it fully hits him how much time that he's missed despite not being gone for much that long in his time is is heartbreaking because he missed the the best parts of his daughter's life and he had to come to the realization that he's never gonna see his little girl again and that's just not only that what about the entire life of his grandson. Yeah, it, he's got so much to do to carry within that single scene. You want to talk about not using any dialogue to tell, to get a point across and to tell a part of a story? I mean, that's just that'll break your heart. There's McConaughey gets so much into there. He's not just he, he's not just crying because he misses his daughter. He's crying be, for ten, twelve different reasons that all have to do with the story and the the way that the music comes into it. I mean, McConaughey just knocks it out of the park. And, I mean, the rest of the cast, Mackenzie Foy, one of the best performances given by a young actress I've seen in since, you know, she's right along with the kid from Looper in terms of acting power. Jessica oh, Chastain's how, how, fantastic. How great, was she, how, how great was she in Breaking Dawn, by the way? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but you uh, did, butthole. <laughs> 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 thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea she was in that movie. That's kind of funny. Um, Wes Bentley also one of the most underrated actors out there. Thought he was he did a really good job. David Gayasi when they come back, um, and uh, when they come back to the ship and he's just standing in his bathrobe, he's all gray. He's like, "Where the fuck have you guys been? You know, I've been <laughs> waiting here for like thirty years." And when he tries, like, yeah, I tried to kill myself. It's just it really it breaks your heart. It, it breaks your heart and um. I just think that everything's strong across the board, and hell, even Matt Damon gets a chance, and he's—I think he does a very, a, a pretty, a good job with what he's given. Uh, I th- so I think by far just the fact that McConaughey, like, really, you judge a movie by its leading man, and I think McConaughey just blows Leo out of the water. It's the—it's the only time that that's ever happened, but he did it here. Okay, Josh. Okay, so you're wrong. Um, just... Interstellar great performances from two of its actors those actors being matthew matthew mcconaughey and mackenzie foy mcdonald's Foy. <laughs> but anne hathaway she's good I, I love anne hathaway she's a great actress she's good in the movie better in dark Knight rises but you know whatever um you know michael kane is michael kane as you said you know what? No, no. Fuck you. Michael Caine is awesome in this movie. He no, is. He's fine. He is boring and inceptive. He does like three no, he's, things. He's whatever. He does like three things there, but in this one, he fucking dies. You see him die, and he has to like tell. Yeah. He has to tell Coop's daughter about what yeah. about the big mistake he did and how he condemned judge, them all to death, judge, and he I'm lied to them. He lied to them. Uh, and he, he does it. Michael Caine's so much better in this stop. than in Inception. Sorry. <laughs> His turn to talk. Sorry. He didn't interrupt you. Show some respect. Fake news. Thank you. Such a nasty <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, Matthew McConaughey is great in the movie. But, you know, it's, it's Matthew McConaughey, you know, coming off of, you know, the brilliant movies like Failure to Launch and Sahara, you know. Sahara's great. Yeah. Um, also, that was 10 so, years ago, but whatever. But then, but then when you look at Inception, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, who, by the way, we have it on the record – on this podcast, I will find the episode when I get a chance. You said he deserved an Oscar nomination for this movie. I um, did not say that. Yes, you did. You I did. did when, not we were talking say about, that. when we were talking about Leonardo DiCaprio last year, 
about why he doesn't have an Oscar. You said he should have had a nomination for Inception, and we disagreed. I did not say that. And it's on the podcast. There's no way I said um, that. You did okay, say that. so here's what's going to happen. Mason, I need you to be an honest man. And if you did, insert the... What's it called? <laughs> insert the soundbite. Fine. I promise I will do that. If it's there. But it's not. So I'm, I'm gonna to I'm gonna look through every minute of the first like twenty episodes and I will find it. No. Okay. So yeah. Interstellar. Great cast, you know. Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey, Michael Caine, you know, good great actors. I need to hear Bat- your point about Inception. West West Bentley, he's cool. But when you look at Inception, look at the cast. You have Leonardo DiCaprio, Academy Award-winning Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, one of the best actors of his age out there, Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, Academy Award-nominated Tom Hardy, Ken Watanabe, Killian Murphy, Marion Cotillard, Michael Caine. This is one of the best ensemble casts in a blockbuster in ever. Yeah, they're just in the movie. You haven't said anything good about it. The fact that they're in the movie doesn't matter. They all do an incredible job of working together. The chemistry between the cast is fantastic. Everything about them, they work so well together. Everyone gets their time to shine. And I really mean everybody. Um, and sure, Matthew McConaughey has his moment where he cries. That's cool. And Josh, let me ask you this. What do they do to the minority in that movie? They shoot him. Oh, and they let him die for the whole movie. Mason. How dare they? That's please, that's not PC, please bro. stop interrupting. Let him make his point. <laughs> it's not even PC. Can I get extra points, or can he get points? Yeah, deducted? Honestly, it's not. That's not how this point system's working. But we'll see. You PC, how uh, this helps with you? So just yeah. stop. Let him talk. PC police can suck my balls. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the performances in this movie are outstanding across the board. None of them have necessarily a particular moment where they just let it all out and cry. But instead, they just act their hearts out the entire movie and give it 100%. Even Ellen Page, who, great, she's a great actress, but she does exactly what she needs to do for this kind of role. She normally is playing a quirk. When you look at what she normally is, she's this quirky, um, you know, you know, someone who's coming into her own, something like that along the lines of Juno. Um, but when you look at this movie, she's just, she's, She's just playing a real person, a character, um, a college student. She wants to learn, and it's different from anything she's done. She does it great. When you look at Tom Hardy compared to something like this to The Revenant or Bane, you just see how great of an actor is. He plays this suave, charismatic guy, and he does it so well. Leonardo DiCaprio, as always, can play the leading man so strongly. He's so incredible at it. He has the intensity. He has the charisma. He has the dramatic chops for everything you need of him. And he's incredible in every scene he's in. Everyone in this movie is fantastic. Um, and the amount of great acting heavily outweighs the one fantastic, incredible moment of great acting in Interstellar that comes out of an overall very well-acted film that's not as well-acted as Inception. Let's move on to writing. So this includes dialogue, this is where if you have to mention fucked up plots and stupid plot holes, this is where you mention it. Okay. But let's not inter- interrupt anybody. Yeah, Josh, don't do that. <laughs> I don't recall ever doing that. Yeah, but, you, just, you, know. you just did it. When you look at the writing for, for Interstellar, 
there's some really, really fascinating dialogue in there, some really great lines. But at the end of the day, some of it just doesn't mean anything. When you look at Inception, it's, it's like I've said a million times, it's perfect. It gives you everything it needs to, everything it wants to, and it executes it with perfection in both its writing and its directing, which we'll get to later. And the way that every scene plays out is just, it's exactly what it needs to be. And it pushes boundaries while also, yes, sticking to somewhat of a formula, but it's doing it in its own unique, clever way, talking about this new, interesting world, talking about these interesting uh, boundary-pushing ideas. And it does so in a way that keeps the audience invested and it keeps the audience involved, whereas Interstellar just makes you confused, it makes you exhausted, and it makes you want to take a nap. Well, I had none of those reactions because I was on the edge of my seat, as was the entire the entire rest of the theater, who, mind you, and this is who actually clapped at the end of this movie. They were so moved and they were so impressed that they clapped at the end of this movie. And as for confusing, I mean, that's just not true because the, they go out of their way to present a story and present a plot and a set of circumstances that anybody can can follow and understand and appreciate. I knew nothing about really anything that this movie was talking about going in, and this movie moved me so much that I actually started reading about some of the science that, science that they had in here because I wanted to know more. With Inception, it's pretty cut and dry. You know, they made, hey, this is a world where dr- where dreams are a thing, okay? And that that's, that's it. That's, you know, there's really no evidence or no scientific proof that that is or could be possible. Interstellar, that's they're working off of a possibility for the future. They explain it really well. They act. They don't, but they don't shove it down your throats and make you feel like an idiot. They just try to, they they try to move the plot forward. They try to give some kind of reasoning for the insane but incredible things that they're that we're seeing them do. And I just think it's a, it's actually a pretty funny movie as well. There's there's some there are some lighter moments where you know when. Coop is messing around and being Coop, and uh, I mean Tars. Are you kidding me? Tars, the best robot ever of all time Tars. in a film. But right behind uh, R two and C three PO and BB eight, right, Cody? Yeah. Oh, Just he's right playing some interests. <laughs> but I mean, what about uh, Hal nine thousand? He's a dick. He's not fun. He's a dick. He just kills folks. Got some jokes. Yeah, but he's. It's a pretty dark meme, though. <laughs> His memes are fairly dark. I mean, this, the I, I just think the dialogue in Interstellar had so much more to do than Inception because you know with Inception they if you if you take away all the dreaming, all they're doing is going to different locations and stealing stuff. So you could just say, oh, we're gonna spread out to these different six locations and do what we can to like you know take this thing down. So they. I do think they they overcomplicated things in Inception, whereas in Interstellar, things are just as complex and narratively diverse as they should be, because it is it is telling a very different story in a different and better way. Okay. Any other points? You guys yeah, both they... mentioned um, exposition in this movie, mm-hmm. in your movies. 
Which one is a worse offender? Well, Inception, obviously. Expository dialogue. It's Inception because they linger. Just do you remember the scene? Uh, was it at at the was it like the first or second dream level, something like that, with um the city when they get tracked down by the projections and they basically just stop and Leo pulls Ellen Page into a room and they spend like ten minutes just exposition dumping. It's needed, it's interesting, but on rewatch, it slows the movie down so heavily because they're just so obvious with how they do it. And it just it's 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 honestly is grating. Interstellar, it's the exposition sequences don't last that long because they're part of the plot. He's not Cooper isn't explaining something to somebody. The the space team they're working together to say what do we do next? What's what's the best way to go? So instead of just kind of moving, instead of putting the movie on pause and going into a room and explaining the plot, they explain the plot and they they talk about things and they give exposition as a problem solving tool. They do they only tell you that stuff because they need to talk about it. They don't tell you that stuff because you need to know it. All right. Do you have any response to that? Interstellar is easily much more guilty of having way too much expository dialogue than Inception, which has it. It's there. It exists. But the way it's done and the way it's handled and the way it's integrated into the story is so much more involved in everything that's going on with the characters and they keep things moving and they don't every it's not every other scene is just explaining everything that's going on whereas in interstellar they just sit and talk about stuff and, and that's that's their expository scenes they're not you know making it interesting to watch while you're learning about all these things it's just let's stop the movie and just sit and talk about science and space Okay, back to doing stuff. Whereas Inception, it just throws it all together. It moves it along with the plot. It moves it along with the story and the characters. And it integrates it all in a way that makes it interesting and ultimately helps the movie not feel slow or poorly paced and keeps everything feeling uh, chugging along really, really well. Um, yeah. That's basically what I, I said but for Interstellar. <laughs> the same. They literally just stop and right. they go into another room and they talk. Interstellar, no. they talk, they're like, what do we do next? They know in Inception they know what they're gonna do. And they next. do it and they do it like fifteen times. No, they don't. They do it they do it when they need to. Otherwise it's all action. They go to the planet and they do all that cool stuff. Plus, they're dealing with space time. They're trying to they're trying to get in, to the audience like, hey, time is moving in a different way here. Like they, a minute there is an hour here, so that's why we need to do this. I needed that. Inception? I don't really think I needed that much explanation. They could have. There was a much easier sell in there, but they had to stoop down to educate the dumb, the idiot masses instead of saying, you know what, come to our level. We'll explain a little bit to you, but you gotta you gotta give us something in return. I feel like you just called me dumb. So I did I'm not. Mad about that? Yes, he did. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's I, that's exactly what he did. I did not. Okay. Um. Let's move on to the last point or the last two points. Wow, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Um. This one shouldn't be too long. The music. Let's talk about the music in these movies. They're oh both by God. Zimmer, but who has the better music? I'll start. So. Inception, and I'm and I'm talking as a musician. Um, 
Inception has not just one of the greatest musical scores of all time. This is the single greatest composition Hans Zimmer has ever composed. And there is a strong argument to be made that this is the greatest musical score of the 21st century. Jesus Christ. This is a iconic musical score. Outside of Harry Potter, I can't think of a single other musical score that people can immediately listen to and be like, I know what that is. And that is Inception. The music in this movie is so important. It is so epic. It is so beautiful. It has moments where it pulls at you. It's emotional. It's powerful. It has moments where it's fast and it's intense. It has moments where it just washes over you and it has everything. And it does it on such a massive scale that Interstellar's music almost gets to. It tries. It's a really great score. But unlike Interstellar, there are no times when Hans Zimmer just kind of falls asleep while playing an organ. <laughs> so as the whole, the music in, Interste- in Inception is by and large far that, superior. That was funny. I got to give that to you. I need to I need to give you props for that. Falling asleep at the organ was a really good joke. I try. Your move. I don't even know where to begin. I'm not going to fall on it's one of the best. This is probably the best musical score. No, this is the best musical score of the 21st century because it isn't just a soundtrack to the story. It's a part of the story. This movie, the, the, if you watch the behind-the-scenes documentary, and I think you can even get this without watching it. This mo- the the score of this movie is is goes hand in hand with the plot because it's all about timing. The movie is at the is the sequ- sequences of the score from a timing perspective, whether it's going by the hours or going by the seconds, it fits what is going on. So now. So yeah, when you're on when you're on uh, when you're on Earth and things are kosher and everything's fine, it it has a kind of Americana but also distinctly sci-fi uh, feel to it. But when you get into space and things are moving at a different pace and things are moving at a different speed, the score reflects that. Inception, I'm sorry, it's overrated. It's it's just nothing but uh, that me the big um I can't even think of it right now. It's so. The, the Inception bwah. horn. Yeah, the I Inception don't horns. Think, uh, I don't think Hans Zimmer even made that. No, they're part of the movie. That was, that was in the trailer. I'm pretty sure it's part of the movie, but that's. I just... don't. Think it really makes it into the movie that much. I remember it being in there. I'm Josh. It's in. Two, it's in. It's in two scenes. Well, that's, that's in it. the movie, and it's and it's loud, so it might as well be four. Let's just call it four. Um, <laughs> but. I, like I said, from a thematic perspective, the Interstellar score makes the plot and makes the story and makes just the scope of it all better. And it's not, and it, it's, and not only is it great, but it is a score without excessive drums and big chords and and all that kind of stuff. They use a fucking pipe organ. They use an, a piece a piece of mu- uh, musical equipment that nobody that isn't in the realm of like 
you know, nobody's like, oh, I'm going to sign up for pipe organ lessons. No, they do something completely 100% different from left field. They don't go the Star Wars route or go the, I don't know, other, the, the tough strings or the big brass or anything like that. They do something that is so radically different to give this movie its own stamp. Inception, it's well done, but it's the same kind of beats and the same kind of instrumentation that we've heard before done a little bit different, but Interstellar, there's no drums in this movie. There's things based on timing. There's there's music that is actually appropriate and diverse and just space. This movie sounds like space. It sounds like the universe. It sounds chaotic and but beautiful. And I think that, that it, it just works so much better. In, the score is so much better in Interstellar. And it was nominated for Best Original Score at the Oscars. So they got that going for you. I'm sure it wasn't. Uh... The other one wasn't either. Nope. Inception wasn't. No. And that's not even oh. a that's not even a, a bullshit category like that's political or whatever like acting. It's actually like oh what are the what's the best music? <clears throat> okay. All right. I want to let you guys know. Uh, actually... Uh, actually, correction: it was nominated for best musical no, score. No, it wasn't. Oh, that was at the Razzies. Yes, it was. I'm look... Nope, I'm looking at it right now. Best Razzies. musical score. Don't try to trick me. Mason. I didn't know. Also, I had no idea. Also, guess how many Oscar nominations Inception has? You don't get to make that argument because you shit on the Oscars all the time. So, say it, spare me. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. I'm not using it as an argument. I'm you just, just you are it though. You're using it in your argument. It's like. No. Hey. No, and the answer is eight, and it won four. How many? How many? How many did, you said how many it was times yet? how much you hate the Oscars and how it's bullshit. No, I didn't. I said I hate everything around the Oscars. The Oscars themselves are cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> that doesn't. When even was make the last time? First of all, but... oh my gosh! All right, last point. We got to wrap this so I can okay. win. We don't know. You guys are actually tied right now. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) All right. I want to know what movie has the better, deeper meaning or theme. So to frame your argument, I want to know what the theme of your movie is or what the deeper meaning is and why it's better than the other. And then we can finally put this all to bed and I can watch both of these movies because I like them both. Josh, would you like to go first? You want me to? It's your turn to go first, it is. isn't it? Well, I don't think you could get a better theme than Interstellar's theme of the, love, Tars. It's it, Sorry. both. <laughs> <laughs> part of it's love, but I also think on a on a larger scale because love is absolutely the great motivator. It is what it is what Matthew McConaughey uses to his advantage and is what drives him. But if anything, I think love is the power of the or the, the theme of Interstellar is the power of the human spirit. When we, when human, when humanity is brought to the brink of death and the brink of destruction, like they are in this movie, they find a way. If they, they, we find a way to not just recover, but to rebound and be just as, and to, to be better than we were before. That is a universal truth throughout all of humankind. At every dark point in history, something beautiful arises, and that is the point of this movie. That is the story about. That, that Christopher Nolan is telling that is the theme that he is communicating that it's it's the biggest it's it's a it's a scale and a huge theme with a lot of historical backing behind it and it is optimistic it says no even when things are dark 
They can be light. We can do better. We will do better. Nothing beats this the theme of in- Interstellar. Okay. So, while I admire the themes and lessons learned from Interstellar, it's just kind of silly. So, when you look at Interstellar, it's about love and how love conquers all, and love is this I just told force you and power. Yeah, I know. And it's all, it's all, it's all well and good, but it's it's very poorly made out, and it makes absolutely no sense. Whereas in Inception, in both a figurative and literal sense, the movie's about chasing after your dreams, but more importantly, it's about chasing after your reality. It's about putting it all together. And it's about, you know, bringing, you know, it's, it's like coming to terms with the life, real life, not what you want and not what, you know, your hopes and loves and your dreams, but life. And I think that's a much more important lesson than love conquers all. May I ask you this? Can I ask a question? You can ask a question. What is the motivation for DiCaprio returning to his kids? Why does he come back to them? Why does he care? Why doesn't he just go on and steal shit forever? It's because he loves them, Josh. Yeah. Love does conquer love... all. No. What kept him and his wife tethered into limbo together? Because they loved each other. It's not a physical power. I don't even know. How to I don't know that. what you mean by that. Love is the only feeling that can transcend space and time. DiCaprio, he can go that far into the dreamscape. He can go five levels down into a limbo of nothingness, and he still feels the love he has for his children and the love that he has for his wife, even though Add. she broke his heart. Well, she's he loves her so much. She's a part of him. He loves her so much. He can't let her go. He loves her so much. He can't let her go, and he loves he loves her so much. He will put his life and the life of others at risk to get back to his children. That's love. That's love. Tars. Tars. <laughs> Alright, I've, I've said all I can say. Okay, any final points? Oh boy. I, uh, this hurts. Am I actually saying what the better movie is? You're saying, you're saying who, who better, gave the better argument? Who had the better argument for their movie? You know, the, you're not saying what movie's better. Just who who made the better argument for their movie being superior? Although, if you want to say which movie is better, you know, we all know what it is. So, <sighs> yeah, um, we do. Okay, no closing arguments. No, boys, I think we're good. By split decision, mind you. I'm gonna. <laughs> if, uh, I gotta give this one to Interstellar. Yes! Yes! I did it! I but... just love both of these movies so much, and I'm sorry, Josh. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce my resignation. I'm Feels so good. You guys want to know the points that you won? I'd love to know. I do. Mason, you won your opening. Good. Uh, Mason, you won the argument for plot. 
Oh, really? Did think I get that one? Cool. Uh, Josh, you want cinematography? What? Hell yeah. Uh, if you had mentioned the scene with where it was just showing the fucking black hole, you would have won that probably. Yeah, I, I like the wormhole better, so I'm I'm okay uh, with that. Mason, you won acting. What? <laughs> You know, Josh, if you wanted to beat me, all you had to do was mention Anne Hathaway, and I would have imploded, because I hate her in Interstellar. That's all I you did mention Anne Hathaway. Yeah, but you didn't, like, prod me about it. If you would have provoked me, you know I'm, I don't have control of my emotion. <laughs> I was a lost my mind. Like, you know what? Fine. She fucking sucks. This movie fucking sucks. I hate everything, you know? That's, that's my kryptonite. <laughs> Josh, you got writing and music. Yes. yes. Ugh, that hurts. But... Mason got deeper meaning. Thank you. Oh, that's bullshit. All right, boys. It's love to Good. Please don't ever put me in this position again. No, then I want to have you two debate next time. Haven't we already debated? Oh, no, I haven't debated Cody yet. Yeah, we have to debate something. Shit. I'm a good debater. I'm a master, if you will. I don't know what one of you likes and one of you doesn't. No, no, I I think the key is to have us argue movies that you both love. That makes it so much harder. I know, but it that's what—that's what'll get. Because no matter what, if if we're arguing movies that you clearly like more than the other, you'll be biased towards one of them. Like, I, yeah, yeah. But let's talk about Kong, shall we? Okay. <laughs> yeah, here we are, two hours into our podcast. Yolo. Yeah, we're only like an hour fifteen. Well, if you take oh. away Josh's poop break, it's about hour ten. So, you know. <laughs> God, uh, Cody, why don't you start with your initial Kong thoughts? My initial Kong thoughts, this movie's a mess. Um, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And I will um, get deeper into that later. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think it kind of sucks. I enjoyed it when I came out of it, but like we were talking about earlier, the more I've thought about it, the more I realize that this actually is kind of a shitty movie. But there's, And I'll be, I'm going to perfectly, I'm going to come off the top here and say that I am not, saying that I don't have a strong to quite strong monkey bias but that that plays a lot into my disliking of this movie because which is actually one of my points too good so we'll get there best friends um but overall yeah I just think this movie kind of sucks it's just it's 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 one of those movies where I feel like all the pieces are there but they just weren't arranged they were arranged wrong like there's and for what it's worth Jordan Vote Roberts has maybe an amazing a nice guy. Beard. Haven't seen his other movie. Not a good director. He needs to like just not. He needs to not do this. And this is proof that the whole let's take an indie director and then throw him into a giant blockbuster thing is a flawed formula because this will happen. And I gotta say, I am absolutely shocked. Like I don't. I am questioning my my place in reality that this movie is doing so well on Rotten Tomatoes. I have no idea what is happening. Because this is the movie that they, this is the kind of movie that they would eviscerate, like critics especially would eviscerate. And I don't, it's eighty percent right now, and it blows my mind. So seriously, it's seriously at eighty percent, and top critics, it's at seventy three, which is a little further down, but still good. So I don't understand that. I'm out of touch, but whatever. Um, Josh, first thoughts on Kong Skull Island? I thought it was super fun. How though? really it 
just it's always really good. I liked it as much as <laughs> I like I liked it as about as much as Godzilla, which I also thought was super fun. So oh, which was a garbage movie, you mean? What? 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 That? I don't know. Who's, so, I don't I don't know. know. Some Russians just hacked into us. Your little friend, yeah. You. Oh, Godzilla! Terrible movie. Horrible. Godzilla, 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 you know Godzilla is Japanese, right? Yeah, but it's the yeah, Russians. We're, we're, they're, the Russians. It's the mean. It's the mean, oh, Josh. Well, making a joke. I'm not, I'm out of touch. Same. Um, I don't even know where to start here. There's just so much that annoys me about this movie. <laughs> Let me start. Okay. I know exactly what I'm going to say because oh, it frustrates me, this movie does. Yeah. Um, It's tone. It was so inconsistent and actually gave me whiplash. There was times in this movie it wanted to be a comedy. There was times where it wanted to be an action movie. And there was times when it wanted to be sad. And sometimes it went from being happy, oh, look at us, we're having fun on this adventure in Skull Island, to going to, uh, oh no, my best friend just died, and look, his son is so cute. Yeah, and the the skull. <laughs> the fucking the skull with, like, still flesh on it or whatever. That was fun. And then John C. Riley comes out of nowhere, and he is by far the best part of this movie, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best part of every movie. Part of every... Usually, actually. Yeah. It's just, I don't, uh, the tone of this movie really frustrated me, and it kind of made me mad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I didn't really notice the tone, just because it was kind of low on my list of things that were annoying me. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It is kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different things, and it's just, I think that goes to the screenplay. It's because it's not a good screenplay. Like, I don't know. I don't know the name of the actor, but you know that black guy? The wisecracking There's black guy? The not Samuel L. Jackson one? Yeah, the other one. The one, the he, one from Straight Outta Compton? He was horrendous. That no, he's guy, great. He did not get one laugh from, from me. And I laugh at really dumb shit. And I, w- I, would, I was ready to give him a pity laugh, but he didn't even get that. It, would just, it just wasn't funny. And it, for a comic relief character to not be funny is kind of a big problem for me. Um, but it just, I didn't, I, I wanted to write down or just mark some of the things that he said, but it would just depress me too bad. It's just so, it just did I thought not the work. other guy was, I thought the other guy was way more annoying. Which one? His, his buddy. Oh, the, the, the creepy the white gets, dude? The one that, like, the one that explodes. Explodes. Oh, he, yeah. Like, <laughs> that was, and then no, I like that guy. That was a funny scene. He's, Cause he was like, he was I'm going to save everybody, and then he just gets destroyed against a cliff and blows up. That was great. It was a funny kill. I don't mind that one. Um, look, let's actually let's run through the cast. Tom Hiddleston was in this movie. He was fine. He was good. He was, I felt he was, like, sleepwalking through it. Like there's. Yeah, he, he was not having that much fun, but... Like, I just don't get his character. He wasn't that... He's the badass lead male. But, like, what... Badass lead males have been done before, and I don't, I can't put my finger on it. But there's just something not there with this guy. He was fine. And I thought he was better than Aaron Taylor Johnson in Godzilla. No, I mean well, anybody is better been. than Aaron Taylor Johnson in that shitty movie yeah, because he was shitty in it. Comic relief black guy could was better than Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, that's you know what are you saying? Talk about just sleepwalking, fucking! Oh my god! No, but Tom, it looks like he walked off the set of um. Uh, what's it? Shit, what's it called? This AMC, the Night Manager, good AMC series, and did this, and he was so much better than Night Manager. I was like, what happened, bro? 
Samuel Jackson was Samuel Jackson. He's always good, so there's no critiquing there, I don't think. Uh, John Goodman did a good. Lo- he did a really good job delivering trailer lines, um, and then he died. <laughs> and then he just died. I was like, oh, well, you weren't important, I guess, even though you were the one that brought us here originally. That's fine. Like, that, I think that's a big flaw in this movie. The, the people that make it to the end are not the ones that should have made it to the end. Like, John Goodman should have been there to see this thing through. Nah. And it made no sense, nah, and cool. it gave uh, no dramatic... It was cool that he got eaten. I know, but it wasn't... It, it didn't fit the narrative. It didn't fit the story at all. Nah, I don't, I don't care. Brie Larson, cool. I think we should take away her Oscar. No, Brie Larson was Why? the only good part about it. Well, I'm... So, yeah, like, I'm looking f- at her. I'm triggered, though. She was good. Her name is Mason. How dare she? I'm not a girl. Oh, but no. She was... I feel there, there are there are girls named Cody too. Just it's part of life. Hmm. They can't let us have anything. Yeah. Fucking just, women. I know. They just they they. <laughs> what are they gonna can't leave us alone? Them. Let us stop it. <laughs> can't live with them. Can't live without them. Yeah. One of them date me. Another another person who I think should join the I should just stop acting class is Toby Kebbell. Who's that? No, he's great. Did you hear his he accent? Gets, he gets he gets dealt so much crap. I don't know because who his agent sucks. is, but he needs to fire him. Well, no, he's great. He's which one is he? He was the guy. He's the guy. He was the guy that um. He's uh, that? he's he's Koba from yeah, Planet he, of the Apes. No, he no don't no. He, in this movie, no, he was the one in with this the sun. movie. Oh well. Oh, he's the guy with the sun. That was Koba. How bad yeah. of an actor was he? Did you guys hear his accent? Oh, that doesn't matter. He wins because he's Koba. No, he loses because he was terrible <laughs> in this movie. Everybody was terrible in this movie. Except Samuel Jackson. Everyone was good. Except John C. Riley And Samuel Jackson. And Samuel Jackson was just okay. I like the... Do you guys remember the opening line of this movie? It's like, Washington will never be this fucked up or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, LOL. LOL. One thing, no, honestly, one thing One thing. that really, of uh, this of all things, is what weirded me out. The way they use their, you know how PG-13s get one F-bomb? Yeah. The way, the way they use their F-bomb was so weird. <laughs> that is how do they use rat, it, He just like, he just randomly like throws it into a sentence. He's like, he's like, what is he He's like, something about let's fucking go, ants. Let's go get some fucking coconuts, you know? Instead of just like, let's go get coconuts. <laughs> he was so random. The what big fucking ants. Yeah, that was weird. I did. I kind of noticed. I noticed that the first time. I was like, "Really? Okay." I wouldn't even say "fuck" here, and I say it all the time. Um, it's literally the only word I say. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, other so like so the cat grade the cast for me. I want to know what, like on whatever scale you choose. <laughs> they get like a, a C plus seven. Four. I don't know. Just we're all over the place, but it's okay. There's. I thought they were all fine. They all, they all did oh, their job well. No, no. Well, not everybody did. There's a way but, to be. Okay, can I talk? Okay, let's talk about King Kong now. Yes, please, God. Okay. I hated King Kong. In this I movie. hated King Kong so much. What are you on? This is a. He's a I'm boring on, character. This is the. This I'm is on the knowing best. what. No, it's not. Peter Jackson's the best King version. Kong is the best version of King Kong. No, Actually, no, guys, no, no, no. The 1933 science film is the best version no, 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 of King no. Kong. The best, the best King Kong movie is Peter Jackson's King Kong. But the best King Kong, like the monkey, this one, ah! not even close. Hey, first of all, monkey. and secondly, he didn't act like an ape. He just acted like a fucking guy walking around the whole time. Yeah, yeah that's what King Kong is. No, it's not. He's a gorilla. Yes, he's a giant gorilla. Yeah, 
Also, pretty boring character, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't know why anybody would care about King Kong when Godzilla's right there, because he's just an exaggerated version of something we already have. Whereas Godzilla has, like, the spike thing, and the can shoot laser out of his mouth, and he's like a giant, you know... <coughs> reptile and stuff like that's awesome yeah he king can kong... do all those things when he's on screen yeah king kong is just boring to me i've never i've never understood the appeal to him he's just a big monkey it's like who cares and this movie didn't really do anything to help that because he was again but do you like, like donkey kong what's well, a video game yeah but donkey kong is cool he's okay uh, he's all right i don't know i just i don't understand the appeal of like King Kong in general. I just always felt that he was kind of... Yeah, like, he was cool back in, like, the 1930s when they had nothing else, when sh- culture was boring, but now we have, like, so much cooler shit than a giant monkey. It's like, yeah, it's a throwback, but who cares? Um, the design also, like, the designs are never really that interesting. He's just, you know, big monkey. Whatever. Uh, I did like how they showed his scale, though. That was they did some clever stuff with like the sun or mountains or whatever. Like that was pretty fun. Yeah. My my only problem with King Kong was the way they kind of just like because I loved how they handled Godzilla and Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Like I loved how they kind of calculated and teased him until the big fight at the end, or I guess till like the big reveal in the middle and then the big fight at the end. Whereas in King Kong, they just kind of like here he is. Yeah. Minute, we're a minute into this thing. Here he is. Yeah, and they just kind of show him periodically. There's no kind of teasing with him. They're just like, Listen, they build him up to, a little I, bit. I came here to watch a fucking King Kong movie. They're, he better be in the goddamn movie. Yeah, no, I, like I, Godzilla, I, who's I agree with you, Josh. A half minute. I think there's some really cool ideas for scenes. Like, for instance, I, I, I visualize, you know, the group is like going through the forest trying to like, you know, they land safely or something happens where they have to travel by foot. And they're like walking through the trees and you just hear something and you kind of, you're having to watch Kong fight something from from the bottom, so you you can only see him through like the leaves and the branches and stuff. Like they they could have done some cool stuff. I just think they made him too big, where it's like he was. No, that's well, I like that it was too big because now he can he can fight Godzilla. So it's gonna be great. It's gonna be the best movie ever. No, it's not. But not. I don't I'm like so these, this trend. I'm so of excited. Moves. Like, but I'm to be so honest, excited. I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked to see Godzilla fight like the. The do the the gold dragon or the ones with the three heads, just because I don't know. I had toys of those when I was a kid, so YOLO. Um, well, we'll see if they get there. You know, if we actually are allowed to see him fight those things, <laughs> never gonna let this go. No, go. because it's fucking dumb. Yeah, I, know. I liked it. It's great. Um. Uh, jeez. There's. Can I let me talk about the this the music in this movie? Um. I don't really notice music the music. Did not register to me at all. No, the soundtrack. And, oh, oh, the, oh the soundtrack I love that. That was awesome. The soundtrack was awesome. No, but here's here's, here's my thing. I love Guardians of the Galaxy for its soundtrack because they aren't just playing the hits, you know? Like, yeah, you have your Ain't No Mountain High Enough and your little things like that, but some of those songs in the Guardians soundtrack are shit that you don't really hear too often, like on Spotify or the radio or whatever, and there's some deep cuts, too. And this movie felt like it was pulled from a radio station playlist. Like it's just CCR and all that and all that kind of stuff. Where, and and some on some of the times, for God's sake, just play a song. I don't need to see somebody nine times turn on a cassette player or a whatever to like. And the, and the, there's that song in the in the middle of this. There's like a sequence in the middle of the movie where Brie Larson, where they go to the village, 
and they just start playing this song. Like you see somebody turn a turn a music player on, and she just starts taking the people's pictures for like thirty seconds, and then it ends. Yeah, it's fun. It's lazy. It's lazy and annoying. And there's and like oh. I said, there's no deep cuts. There's no like, oh man, I remember that song. Every song in here is one you've heard a million times before, and it's like it's it's the greatest hits, not the most applicable music. And it just I was just like, oh god, can we just get this? Okay, yeah. Oh, another Creedence Clearwater revival. That's cool. Oh, we're gonna play this now. It's just it, and 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 it's not like it's not even like they lasted long. The this, the song's only played for like twenty seconds, so it's you don't even get the full effect of it. So, I don't know. I, that just that really annoyed me. Um, and they just overall obnoxious, like kind of like in Star Trek Beyond. That's my new that's my new movie pet peeve. And when it's like, let's play this song for plot reason, it's just uh, drives me nuts. Um. As as for the score, didn't even remember it. Didn't even know it was happening. Was there one? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I don't really think that's a criticism. It's just kind of, it was whatever. It was a criticism because it wasn't good. Yeah, you, you, give tons of mov- you, don't, you give tons of movies a pass for... No, I don't. Not, yeah, you do. I don't. I like you. St- you said that a musical... You, don't, you forget musical scores 90% of the time. I do, but that doesn't mean that I think they're bad. This one was bad. Just because I forget it doesn't mean I don't think it's crap. I don't remember it. And this guy, he's done some fairly decent stuff. It's Henry Jackman. He's well, actually no, he's yeah. done Marvel shit. So that's no, probably why it's so forgettable. No, the music. I'm literally looking. I'm looking at his. Wow. I'm looking at his discography, and I can't think of one. First class. Cue. Kick ass. Civil War. Winter Soldier. Amazing I music. I don't remember these. They're some more good movies, but music's like okay. Uh, I know we can't. I know we can't all be uh, John Williams, but we can try a little harder. Um. Oh boy. One of the things I liked. I mean, we can move into the plot a little bit. I liked. Um. I liked the the arc of John C. Riley's character because for most of the movie, I was convinced that Tom Hiddleston was going to be his son. And that would have just bummed me out. Cause, that would have been bad. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, okay, which one of these guys is his son? It's like the most developed was Hiddleston, so I was just sort of waiting for that to happen. It never did, and I give the movie credit for that. Because that's not... That's good screenwriting, so... Um, but other than, <laughs> other than that, it was... I just felt like the human characters didn't really do much. You know? Like, yeah, we got I thought the, they were fine. Yeah, just none, no, like at least Aaron Taylor Johnson and Godzilla. At least his character was like an active participant in whatever was going on. These guys are just kind of going from place to place, trying to get to the thing and not die. And then Samuel Jackson was a dick. Yeah. And just this whole the whole setup of monster movies that we have to have the human person to be like friends with them or whatever. It's just kind of get it's grating on me a little bit because I just you know. I'm just waiting for somebody to change it up and do a monster movie compl- on a completely different way. But I don't, I don't know what way that is, but... They did. It's called Pacific Rim. It's amazing. Eh, yeah, I guess so. That's more just kind of like a fighting movie. Not as much of like an, like an actual... Like a monster they're ally. They're giant monsters. Like a monster ally movie where, they're, where it's not always a dick. Because you always get like, oh my god, it's evil, it's scary. And then it's like, oh wait, no, it's nice. So that that whole 
um, the idea. But did what did you guys think about the plot in general? Did it work for you? Or did it not? Oh, it was, was kind of dumb. I just don't see what's so terrible about it. It's just like it's it does exactly what it it's needs trophy. to do. I want new things in my movies. It's a King Kong. They yeah, that doesn't it. give it an excuse. I'm happy it didn't just remake the 1930 movie, but come on. Do something fun. Actually world build a little bit. You just show me a picture. I mean, I know they're setting up for that Godzilla sequel. But that doesn't, I don't know. Give me some world building, I guess. I guess I'm just really into world building. Mm-hmm. The lore. Lore. Oh, lore. Take a shot. Lore. Yeah, need more lore. Uh, more lore. Some other, what, what are some other pl- positives and negatives that you have? Josh, why don't you throw us some positives? Um. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't, it's not like I love this thing or anything. I just, I thought it was really fun, you know, the monster stuff was really cool i thought the effects were solid i mean there's some dodgy cgi that's that's just gonna happen um the i think the cinematography was looked really good in some shots like the shots like the sun sun horizon shots of like the helicopters going towards well, that's because amazing. that was not an original shot that was just an homage to apocalypse now yeah it still looks great I yeah feel like this movie did too much to be like hey member member apocalypse remember now apocalypse member exactly. I mean, this movie ripped off Forrest Gump for God's sake. I mean, I saw, I noticed some things. I was like, oh wow, what a coincidence! And I mean, yeah, I know uh, Star Wars did that too, but I don't know why it bugged me so much in this movie. Because I guess the... it was because it was just actual helicopters. They weren't really adding anything. They were just redoing a shot from an amazing movie. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's it did great. It did great on me as well. I was just like, okay, well, can we? No, we're just gonna. <laughs> They really hammered in the whole Vietnam thing, and they really didn't do anything with it. It's, it might have, it, they might have well just put it in the, in modern day. Like you, that that whole aspect of it, yeah. I mean, it gives you a chance to do some fun production design, but it's not like it really adds anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just could have easily, like, I don't know why they're muddling up the plot with, because like, what this took place in 1970 and Godzilla was in modern time. Like, what? Is this new one? Are they redoing Godzilla again, or is this new one? Uh... No, this this is directly tied with Godzilla, twenty fourteen. Oh, why? Why that one? Ugh. So like, well, when what if you they... see Godzilla two and it's like a bunch of Godzilla and you're okay with it? Well, we'll see if that happens. I just yeah. I want fucking Godzilla in my movie. They shouldn't have started me off with such a big cock tease. I wanted to. Yeah, I Plus... liked it. My interest, like I said earlier, my interest in Godzilla is ten times my interest in King Kong, just because it's fucking, he's cool, he's a giant lizard. Like he's. Just, well, I mean, ten I times know. zero is still zero, so. I have, I have a that's one. That's where I'm at. I have a one interest in Godzilla, or maybe two, I don't know. I like him a lot more, basically. Um, but I don't know, it's, you know, it's, it's whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't see I don't think we're anybody's really going to remember this at the end of the year, so it just feels like it's a, okay. No. You know, it's a blockbuster for March, whatever. But um, from a directorial standpoint, what do you guys? What do you guys think of this? From what kind of standpoint? I'm sorry. Directorial, like how did Jordan vote Roberts do? I guess he did okay. Yeah. He, I mean, did he write this? No. Then it's not his fault. Hmm. 
Oh, I don't think anybody could have saved this movie. Hmm. Not even Aaron Taylor Johnson. No. Um, oh. He might have actually uh yeah. made this movie perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Another thing I, I another thing about monster movies that's on my uh like I'm not I'm not mad at this movie for being bad. I'm mad at it for not trying anything different. And one of those included is the inexplicable Kong likes pretty white girl and they she he lets her touch his face and then he saves her at the end, you know? It's like there's no it, it was cute the first couple of times, but now it's just you're just following the beats of the monster scary thing story. Like yeah, they didn't super eight, but the characters were compelling. And here they're just the, the central problem is that they're not they're not compelling. So I really don't care if Kong cares about her because I don't care about her, you know? So uh-huh. There's a, a lot of indifference that this movie brings in, and you know it. Like I said, it just it works if you have a good story and good characters, or whatever. But just this doesn't. It's a bit of a bore. So outside of the whole spectacle of it, it's you know forgettable for me. Uh, any further likes and dislikes? Yeah, I just thought it was fun. Thought the action was cool. Thought yeah. the characters were likable for the most part. I enjoyed it. It was. Short, sweet, to the point. I liked, I, I even though I, I don't know, I maybe would have liked more of that teasing with, like it was with Godzilla. I liked that was kind of like a, almost like a, a reverse. It was just like here's here's King Kong, here's some fighting, here's some punching stuff, and now we're going back home. And, and also, I liked uh, that little character arc with John C. Riley's character. How that wrapped up, that was nice. Yeah. He's he's something else. He really is. Um, he's too good for this world. Yeah, just in general. You don't deserve him. What yeah. do we do to deserve John C. Riley? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope we keep doing it because he's super fun. Oh. oh, and the after credit scene was cool. It was cool. I didn't watch it. it was, you told yeah, me not it was to. fine. You, you you really don't need to. Basically, it's, what have it tells you that Godzilla versus King Kong is a thing that's going to exist. Cody, have you ever well, seen a have you ever seen a PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> I have. Well, there, there you that. go. Except this one has worse uh, graphics somehow. But I don't oh. know. Are Are Larson and Hiddleston done? Like they're not going to they're not going to carry over to a next I'm, movie. I'm assuming they're probably this is these are all one offs and they're just going to have new characters in every one of these things. Well, we so. had to introduce King Kong because no one knows who King Kong is. Yeah. Well, you had to you have to introduce this King Kong. But they're it's not even a different King Kong. It might as well just be the same one. You can be like, oh, this is the one Jack Black found. It's like, oh, I, I just want to. I, I, I just died in 1930. Remember? I don't. I, just, remember. I didn't finish that this, movie. I'm just so throwing this point out there that they are spending more time developing two giant monsters than the entirety of the Justice League before their team up. Because everybody knows who they are. No, they don't know. Nobody knows who Aquaman is. Everybody knows who Aquaman is. It's a is. meme. Everybody knows <laughs> memes. Everybody loves memes. Yeah, memes are memes are in. Um, memes are in. Memes are in. Uh, yeah. Old so this, thing you said. Sorry, uh, I don't have anything else to say. It was bland, forgettable, and I'm not gonna think about it any again. Probably my least favorite movie I've seen this year. Uh, Space Between Us is so much worse. <laughs> I, I liked it just above Lego Batman. Really? Above Lego? Yeah. Oh my god! That really? Was... No, Lego, Lego Batman was great. Lego Batman was amazing. I even I didn't care for Lego well, Batman that much, and I just think it's way better than this. You like this more than Lego Batman? Yeah. 
We're good. I, are you sitting, Josh? If you're I'm not sitting down, right I'd now. recommend are you, you okay. Sit. Yeah. Has the snow gotten to you? I haven't even looked outside today. I'm I'm shook. I don't. I'm honestly shook. I am too. I hate that word, and I'm shook. So shook, fam. All right, well, let's 80, give it a grade. Eighty percent of critics agree with me. So, and they are all high. Like literally, I don't know what's going on right now. This is not. This is the end of the world. As we know, and I feel fine. Uh, grade, Cody. Let's give us uh five. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go four. It's just whatever, Josh. I'll go eight. Are you serious? Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, I like it. It's really fun. Uh, it I don't know why you you acting like this is like the worst thing ever. No, it's it not. But it's is. bad. It's not good. It's not good. Oh, it's I not like... as bad as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though. That's oh, for sure. Here. It's super fun. You're you're a strange cookie. You're just Godzilla a... versus King Kong is just gonna be the greatest thing ever. It's gonna be. I can't. I can't. If wait it's if it's got so good, excited. if it has good characters, then it'll be good. But if it doesn't, then it'll be dumb, pointless. Freddy versus Jason has stupid characters, and you like that movie? No. I, well, yeah, because it's it. The tone's awesome. The tone knows it sucks. This doesn't know that it sucks. No, that movie does not suck. It's it's brilliant. No, no, no. But like, it sucks in the sense that it's not like an actually coherent good movie, but it's fun. Like, it's enjoyable. Like, you could just be like, ah, it's look at them die, look at them die, and then just it's not like it Alien versus Predator. Way better, best movie of all time. Oh my god. Uh, so you just give it an eight. All right. Well, you got any final thoughts, you guys? Don't see it. Don't see it. Don't see, see it. it. It's super fun. You should get some popcorn and the candy and all that good stuff and have a ball. Kong's barely in the movie. He's in it for more than Godzilla. I know, yeah. Even then, I don't want to hang out with all. I want to hang out with him. I'd rather hang out with him than Tom. Tom boring ass Hiddleston. Tommy he looks good with a beard, though. I gotta say. No, he looks. He's straight up daddy with a beard. Absolutely. He's hot. He's hot, that dude. Was, that was Jesus. uncomfortable. Brie Larson. Just Ugh. not gonna. She's not gonna care anymore. That's fine. Let her not. She already has her Oscar. Yeah, that's true. But. Alright, that's all I got. Uh, Snowpocalypse 2K17 marathon episode. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, dudes? Nah. We'll be nah. back. We'll be back with something. But until next time. Follow us at underscore RealFlix on Twitter. And, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, some guy just wrecked on the sidewalk. That's it's, that's amazing. <laughs> what a bitch. And, uh, yeah. Leave us an iTunes review and all that good stuff. And until next time, Josh, Cody, take it easy. All right. Kong is cool. No. And Kong is king. <laughs>